0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash L.A. Slant. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial.com forward slash L.A. Slant. Alright, it's my pleasure to welcome the Hall of Famer, Warren Moon, to the LA Slam Podcast. You can follow him on Twitter, at WMoon1. He's in the booth as an analyst for Seahawks Radio. Warren, thanks so much for joining me, sir. How you doing? I am doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I'm happy that football is back. we got training camps opening up all around the country, including in your backyard in Orange County with the Rams and Chargers and... Warren, I think this reality of of two NFL teams playing in L.A. again is finally starting to set in. As an L.A. native, what are your thoughts on having both the Rams and Chargers in town?
1: Well, there's no question that LA is a big enough market to handle two football teams. We saw them do that before with the Rams and the Raiders when they were there many years ago. Uh, The big question I have is whether both of these teams can be competitive because in Los Angeles, there's so many other things to do. And it's a very, very uh, uh, diverse city. It's a city that has a lot of things that people can do outside of going to sporting events. And they're used to teams that are winning football teams. And if you don't win in Los Angeles, people aren't going to support you. So Uh, that's going to be my biggest question to see if these two teams can become competitive because right now they really haven't been the last couple of years. And unless they do become competitive, uh, there's going to be a lot of empty seats in that new stadium. So that's going to be the big challenge for the Rams and for the chargers is to put competitive football teams on the field that can play and and become playoff teams and possible, uh, championship contenders, because that's, what's going to bring the fans out in Los Angeles, which is definitely a big enough market to support both of them.
0: Yeah, there's there's no question that that winning trumps everything here, especially when you have the Dodgers and Lakers having such a big market share already. Um as far as the Chargers warrant, especially being in Orange County, how much buzz has there really been? Because I, I get the sense that we're just starting to kinda wake up to to the Chargers finally being in Los Angeles and not San Diego anymore.
1: Yeah, and until I think they have a permanent home, you know, it's really gonna be they're still gonna be one of those teams that uh you know, people are going to have a tough time getting behind but i think uh with their new stadium being finished now i think 2 years from now uh i think that'll be something that'll be new and exciting for the fans to to be involved with everybody always wants to go to a new building and 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 see all the uh you know all the bells and whistles that come along with a new stadium and hopefully the team will um will be competitive as well and that, and that will keep those people coming back but uh, like you said, there's not a whole lot of buzz about the Chargers right now just because they are a team that uh, is coming off of a you know a pretty uh, dismal season and uh, they're going to be playing in a, a much smaller venue in the StubHub Center, which is only about a 30,000-seat 30, 30, st- soccer stadium. So uh, just not a lot of buzz for them right now.
0: You mentioned the, the bad luck they had last year. It's a team still, I think, going into 2017 with a pretty complete roster, but they they had horrible luck with injuries last season. I think they blew sixth, fourth fourth-quarter leads, and they also happen to play in the toughest division of football. But I think when you have Phillip Rivers, you always have a chance. Uh, What do you think their prospects are in the AFC this upcoming season?
1: Well, they are a very good young football team, and like you said, they lost a lot of close games last year. And you turn some of those close ones around, now all of a sudden you have you know four or five more wins on your on your schedule and makes your season look a lot better and possibly get you in the playoffs. But when you're in a division that has the Raiders and when you're in a division that has the Broncos and also the Chiefs, uh, it's going to be a very competitive division. so uh, they're going to have to do a much better job in the division, and of course, when they play outside of the division, they got to try and win some of those games too because it's going to take ten eleven games for a team out of the AFC West to get in the playoffs. And I think that's what San Diego has to look at doing if they, if they want to get into the playoffs, but they do have a, a lot of good players. Like you said, they had a lot of uh, injuries last year that really hurt their football team. And their big first round draft pick this year, Mike Williams uh, has been hurt already he has a back problem. And there's a chance to missed the whole season. So that will be a big blow to them because they were expecting a lot of big things out of him uh, as a first round draft pick wide receiver. So we'll have to wait and see how that all plays out. But, Uh, They definitely have the makings of a good football team. They just got to make sure they win those games down the stretch. And and that's the difference between having a great season and having a mediocre season is is how you finish those type of football games out.
0: Yep. And they have a new guy in charge in Anthony Lynn and and a new defensive coordinator who I know you're familiar with from his time in Seattle and Gus Bradley. What is Gus going to bring to this defense? and, And how does the personnel that he has right now currently fit with what he likes to do?
1: Well, I think the personnel fits really well, but I think he's a, a guy that's going to bring enthusiasm. He's going to bring a lot of excitement to that defense. They're going to be a defense that plays with a lot more energy. Uh, he's going to make you fly around to the football. Uh, he's going to put a defense out there that's going to be simple so the guys don't have to think a whole lot. That uh, They're going to get good at what this simple defense is, and it's going to be hard to beat you in it if you do the right things in that defense. And having a lot of uh, younger players and having a lot of new players to this defense, uh, I think keeping it simple is the best way to get the players to play fast. And that's what Gus Bradley will bring to this defense. The same thing he brought to the Seattle Seahawks when he came there, when Pete Carroll first came there, they became one of the top defenses in the league very quickly. And it wasn't because they had outstanding personnel, they had a lot of young players, a lot of um, low round draft picks, but he really got those guys playing at a very high level, a very competitive level. And I think the talent that San Diego has on defense right now might even be better than the talent Seattle had at that particular time. So if he can do the same thing that he did with the Seattle defense, this can be a very, very special defense.
0: No doubt. You got you got Bosa, you lock in Melvin Ingram, and then you look at that secondary with Jason Verrett and Casey Hayward, who led the league in interceptions last year. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, another guy you're familiar with from uh, – from Seattle is Russell Okung and, and the Chargers had some protection problems some run blocking problems last year what do you think Russell's gonna bring to this offense and can he anchor this offensive line for the next several years
1: yeah I think that's what Philip Rivers needs because you know Philip is a guy that's gonna sit in the pocket he's gonna stay there he's not gonna move around a whole lot and you've got to have that left tackle spot solidified and that's that's one spot that the uh, Chargers have not been solid at the last few years so I think Russell will bring that to that position if he can stay healthy And uh, he's done it at a very high level when he was with the Seahawks. He was an all-pro player a couple of different years when he was there. And he just knows how to play the position. He's a professional. And I think what he's going to also do is help the other younger players on that offensive line, teach them how to win and how to play winning football because that's what he's used to.
0: Yeah, you talk about some of those young guys that got in the, in the, in the draft, and, and Dan Feeney and Forrest Lamp, uh, kind of a new-look line for the Chargers. Warren, I want to move over to the Rams now, and I think this season is all about finding out just who Jared Goff is. We didn't really get a full picture last year. He goes 0-7, but you know the offensive line was not good. The running game couldn't get going. Uh, his weapons on the outside were subpar. Uh, with Sean McVay and this new coaching staff coming in, what are your expectations for Goff in year two?
1: Well, I'm hoping they'll instill confidence in him. I think uh, the situation he went through last year, uh, was a pretty devastating situation for him as a young guy coming in. He got beat up uh, pretty good physically when he was in training camp and, and in the preseason last year. Started out the season not even dressing or on the active roster because of some of those injuries. And then once he did get a chance to play, like you said, the running game wasn't successful. The offensive line was was kind of in disarray. And, and he, again, he took a lot of beating, was was harassed a lot. And for a young quarterback, you need that running game uh, to kind of take some of the pressure off of you. And, you. and you need some guys on the outside to make some plays for you. And he just didn't have that at his convenience. So hopefully those things will be rectified this year. They'll be better up front. The running game will, will take a little bit of pressure off of him. And the guys on the outside will make some more plays for a young quarterback because that's what a young quarterback needs. He needs some guys – to make some catches for him, to get his confidence going, so uh, every pass doesn't seem like he has to be pinpointing everything that he throws. Sometimes those guys will make some you know, some leaping catches, some diving catches, and, and just uh, increase that confidence, because when you get completions under your belt, it really helps your overall confidence, and you start to throw the ball with a little more rhythm and a little bit more pace.
0: How difficult is it for a young quarterback to spend his rookie season digesting a specific playbook, and then in year two, you're having to learn – an entirely different offense. I have to imagine that's just another added hoop for a young quarterback. That's, that's not ideal.
1: Yeah, it is. It's almost like starting over from scratch and I'm not exactly sure, you know, how much, uh, they're going to try and incorporate to what he's already done into their offense to make it a little bit easier on him. And then just kind of, um, build off of that as, as they go along, because I think that would be the best thing to do, uh, for Jared is, to, is to, uh you know, just, just to give him some of the things he's already familiar with that he was comfortable with last year that he had success with, incorporate that into your offensive terminology uh, for the new coaching staff, and then let him build off of those things as the uh, the preseason and the season goes along. I think that will really help his development because you don't want to start over from scratch with a young guy who, who started to have a little bit of success at the end of the season, and you want to try and build off of that.
0: Oh, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, it's also difficult when you don't have a surefire number one receiver. You alluded to, you know, I, and I mentioned too that the the weapons on the outside were subpar last year. You bring in Cooper Cup through the draft, Gerald Everett, the tight end, who uh, I think Sean McVay wants to use in kind of that Jordan Reed mold uh, from his time in Washington. You have vets like Tavon Austin and Robert Woods, but... I I have to imagine it, it's a little bit difficult when you don't have that surefire number one like like a Doug Baldwin in Seattle, and even San Francisco has a, a Pierre Garçon, Larry Fitzgerald in Arizona. How challenging will that be for golf to kind of feel it out and find out who, who's go- going to emerge from that, that crew? And it's kind of an unknown right now.
1: Yeah, and not only is he learning a new offense, but he also has pretty much a new set of receivers out there because you know he lost some guys last year in free agency, and And, uh, you know, some of the guys that he has right now weren't healthy last season. So he's got to develop that chemistry with with this new group of receivers to go along with learning that new offense. So it's going to be a learning proposition for everybody involved. And hopefully they've spent a lot of time together this offseason during OTAs, during minicamp and now going into the preseason to try and develop some of that chemistry. But it's really hard to do unless you're in a game-type situation. That's where you start to really develop the confidence and that chemistry in those receivers in certain situations because you know everything that they're going to do against certain coverages on different pass plays that you call. And until you experience that in-game situations – Uh, it's really an unknown right now. So that's something they're going to have to go through and go through very quickly in the preseason and really get a good feel for one another so when they get into those tight situations during the regular season, uh, they have a lot of confidence in what they're going to be doing.
0: Yeah, I know a lot of Rams fans are anxious to see what golf can become. A lot of talk in in t-shirt and shorts during OTAs, but now the training camp's getting going, preseason around the corner. I know fans are excited. Uh, Todd Gurley, a guy you've seen a lot over the past two seasons, Warren. He averaged 2.7 yards per carry against the Seahawks last year. A completely different guy than what we saw his rookie season. Um, and I think he may be the key to everything for the Rams offensively in 2017. Do you see him bouncing back? What, who, who is Todd Gurley? Is it the guy we saw year one or the guy we saw in year two?
1: You know, I think Todd Gurley's still a great player. I think a lot of it has to do with the guys up front blocking for him. And a lot it has to do with the trigger guy who's, uh, who's behind the center. That takes a lot of pressure off of the uh, running back, just like the running back can take pressure off of the quarterback. If you have a defense that does not uh, have a lot of confidence in what the quarterback can do, they're just going to kind of pile up around the line of scrimmage with eight-man fronts and, and make it very, very difficult to run the football. Uh, but if you have a quarterback that's a threat, now your, your coverages are going to be a little bit more uh, – spread out you're going to play a little bit more 2 high safeties you're only going to have you know seven guys in the box and that makes it easier to run the football so that's going to help Todd Gurley out a lot if Jared Goff is good throwing the football then it's going to open up the things in the running game
0: and vice versa Ward, I want to move to to your team, the Seahawks. Uh, They make the playoffs for the fifth consecutive season in 2016. We've heard a lot about Russell Wilson versus Richard Sherman, which seems kind of much ado about nothing. But uh, what are a few storylines from a Seahawks perspective that you're excited to see play out over the next several weeks?
1: Well, I think the big thing for the Seahawks is uh, their offensive line. I think that's where the biggest questions were last year. A very, very young group, uh, a group that it. A lot of those guys had never started before in the NFL. The one guy who had started, Justin Britt, uh, ended up moving to center. So that was his first year playing center. So it was almost like you had four guys up front who had really never um, played in the National Football League as far as starting as a unit. Uh, two of those guys were rookies. So they're going to be better this year up front just because of the experience that they had last year. You know, The learning curve going from, from year one to year two is huge. You learn so much more from that first year to your second year. I could already see the confidence in that group in the off season and you know during the mini camps and that that they they're so much more sure of what they're doing because they've been through it once already, their communication's so much better, and they're a very very talented group, so that's one place we have to improve is that offensive line Russell because a lot of the year last year he was banged up, our running game was banged up last year. We didn't run the ball as well as we wanted to. Now having a healthy uh, Thomas Rawls back this year is going to be good for us. Uh, We bring in Eddie Lacy from the Green Bay Packers. If he's healthy, uh, he's a guy that's been very productive in this league. And then CJ Prosite, our third-round draft pick last year,
0: showed a lot of
1: flashes of brilliance. He got hurt late in the season, and uh, he's a guy that they're counting on a lot for, too, especially in the passing game. So, on the offensive side of the ball, we have to run the ball better to become a more balanced football team because we can throw the football pretty good now with Doug Baldwin, like you talked about earlier. Uh, Jimmy Graham is still there. Jerome Kirst is still there. So there's a lot of – I mean, Jermaine Kirst. So there's still a lot of good, talented players on, on that offensive side of the football, but we've got to run it, and it starts with the running game with Pete Carroll. On the defensive side, it's who's going to play that right corner spot uh, in that Legion of Boom because we lost Deshaun Shed to a late-season uh, knee injury last year, so he won't be available probably until halfway through the season. We have a lot of young guys that uh, we either had on the football team last year or we drafted, so one of those guys is going to come out of that pack and probably have to start as a very young player at that right-side corner.
0: Yeah, you talk about that legion of boom and, you know, the original members and Earl Thomas and Chancellor and Richard Sherman. Earl Thomas went down in week 13, and that that defense just did not look the same. It sounds like he's going to be ready to go to start training camp. So the depth behind those three guys, that seems to be a a pretty big question mark on the defensive side of the football.
1: You know, I think that's one of the places we're going to be really strong this year is our depth in our secondary because, like I said, we drafted some very young players. Uh, that we think are going to be very good players. One kid by the name of Shaquille Griffin, Uh, he's going to be a rookie out of Central Florida. I think he has a chance to start at that right cornerback spot. Uh, We have Bradley McDougal, who we brought in as a free safety, who has five years experience in the league. Uh, So just a lot of guys, uh, another kid by the name of Tedrick Thompson. uh, He looked really, really good in the offseason, a rookie from Colorado. And and I can go on and on with all the guys that that they brought in that they think are going to be very good. Uh, Nico Thorpe was another guy who has a chance to maybe start on that right side. And also uh, DeAndre Elliott. So there's a lot of players that they feel like they're going to have really good depth in that secondary to go along with those starters who have been there for a long time. But the big question is, who's going to be that right
0: starting corner to start the season off until Deshaun Shed is healthy? I want to go back to C.J. ProSize real quick, Warren. He had that two-week stretch where he was unbelievable, and I think it was kind of in coordination when they cut Kristen Michael, because I think the Seahawks were expecting ProSize to really help carry them down the stretch. And there's so much made about Rawls versus Lacey. How much work do you think ProSize is going to get? I know you mentioned him catching balls out of the backfield. Uh, What are we going to see with him this year? Because I think just that that small sample size we saw in 2016 was so exciting.
1: Yeah, he was an exciting player. He had a 75-yard run for a touchdown in one game. He had a really good game against New England when we beat them. Uh, up in New England and then he gets hurt and uh, we lose him for the rest of the season but he was a big part of what the Seahawks wanted to do going into the season last year and he ended up getting hurt in training camp and uh, I think it was four or five weeks into the season before he was finally healthy but he can do so many different things out of the backfield we found out he's a better runner in in first and second down than they thought we knew coming in he was going to be a very good pass receiver just because he was a, a pass receiver at Notre Dame before he got moved to running back and they wanted to use him a lot in different passing situations where they could split him out wide they could put him in the slot they could throw it to him out of the backfield so a lot of different things they wanted to do with him they had to scratch because he did get hurt so they still want a lot of those things uh, in the offense going into this year with a healthy CJ so they're going to use him a lot of different ways uh not only on on passing situations but on first down and second down as well to go along with uh, Eddie Lacy and also Thomas Ross. So it's going to be a running back by committee. They're going to try and keep all those guys as fresh and as healthy as they possibly can and just give you a lot of different looks and a lot of different formation and uh, personnel groupings.
0: Yeah, it makes it makes sense. And, and I really do think ProSize is is being slept on a little bit this year. I think he could be a really a, a big X factor for that Seahawks offense. Uh, all right, well, I want to get you out here on this. The, the Seahawks have been the class of the NFC West for the last several seasons. Cardinals are certainly in the mix this season. I like their roster. Then you've got two young teams with young coaches, with the Rams and 49ers. How do you see this division playing out in 2017?
1: Well, I still think it's going to come down to the uh, the, the Seattle Seahawks and the, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. And I think one, one big reason is quarterback play. I think they have the two best quarterbacks in the uh, division. You know, San Francisco still hasn't figured out who their starter is going to be. Uh, Jared Goff is still trying to find his way. And if you don't have a great quarterback in this league uh, today, it's going to be very tough to win games consistently. I think all the teams in this division are going to be very, very good just because they can all play defense. Uh, they're all very, very talented. But the quarterback position is the position that, that's uh, going to, I think, separate you know the top teams in this division like it did last year. And uh, if Carson Palmer can hold up the whole season, Arizona is going to be a team to reckon with. Uh, And if if Russell Wilson is healthy all year, the same way with the Seahawks because of everything else they bring to the table. So it's going to come down to those two teams, I think, uh, unless something tragic happens to one of those two quarterbacks. And and I think that's the way it's going to be in most divisions that have strong quarterback play. Those are the teams are going to be the most favorite.
0: It's going to be a lot of fun. The Rams travel to Seattle in week five and the Seahawks will be down at the Coliseum late in the year in week 15. Uh, he's Warren Moon. You can follow him on Twitter at WMoon1. Warren, I can't thank you enough for your time and uh, look forward to seeing you at, at the Rams game later this year. Yeah, it
1: should be a great season as always, and I'm looking forward to it. And uh should be a great division battle because all those teams we talked about, even though they don't all have strong quarterback play, they all, all have great... Uh, division rivalries and they really get after each other within the division and the Rams play division games as well as anybody in this division so it's going to make an exciting exciting season.
0: They do those division games are always closer than you think so I'm looking forward to the upcoming season and seeing what the what the Rams can do against the big guns in the NFC West and the Seahawks and Cardinals.